to live righteously. It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It is episode number 478. It is an Articles of News episode. I'm joined by Brother Kyle. Uh, that's Brother Kyle in 2021. And uh, also, I'm joined in home studio uh, by uh, one of our Patreon supporters, a good friend of mine, and woodworker of Brother Kyle. It's Matt. Good to have you here. Nice too, to sir. be here. Thanks for having me. Now, uh, we're gonna. I'm going to need you, Brother Kyle, to send me a picture of that um, cog, that wheel, that... Whatever we call it, uh, that you know uh, what I could take the picture from right here because what? it is literally it's almost arm's reach from where I am right now. It didn't go in the garbage. No, no, it's not awesome. an award that I wanted to triathlon. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, to set the stage, Matt, you've been a Patreon subscriber of the Cultural Hall for probably the, since the, the beginning, beginning, right? Yeah. I don't think you were the first one. No, you don't claim not. the right of being no. the first one, but you are a. A carpenter by trade? A what do you yeah. call yourself? Well, I'm a carpenter, a cabinet maker. Cabinet whatever. maker. I I try to do a lot of things. Well, and and you've done a lot for me personally. Yeah, uh, a that, lot of firsts. Yeah, <laughs> like I hadn't done any of some of the specific things you had me do. So yeah, made a railing. I'll you know what? We'll include pictures of all these things so people can see. I go to Matt when I say, hey, so my wife would really like this. <laughs> and he goes, well, I can figure it out. He, and since I'm not a man with no woodworking ex- skills. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, one time when he was when Matt was coming down to do uh, an Articles of News episode, uh, he knew that Brother Kyle was going to be here. And he knew Janae Manite was going to be here. So he crafted these cool things. And the, the cool thing that he made for Brother Kyle is... Uh, it, it it's a it, like a gear. Is that what it is, it's Kyle? Like a little wall plaque, or yeah, it's like a, a a gear sprocket or a chain ring. Actually, is what what it is. I just sent it to you. Actually, nice and and it has a a saying around it or something, right? Yep, it does. In fact, I'm walking over. I'm gonna grab it right now off the wall. I got it. It's, seriously, it's on my wall. It's made of heavy duty. What's this thing made of? Oak. It's a uh, alder, I believe. Alder wood. Close enough. Yeah. It's a wood. <laughs> yeah, it's a wood. <laughs> it's a wood. Good point. Good point. <laughs> and it says, Brother Kyle, living life one miracle at a time. <laughs> Yay. Because Brother Kyle doesn't believe in miracles. Uh, Matt decided to make that. And and so uh, I knew that I was going to have Matt down here today. And he said, well, let's do an Articles of News and let's make sure that Brother Kyle is there. And you know, Brother Kyle, I don't want you to get a big head because I'd like you to to really feel your place and station in life, which is the lowest rung of the totem pole. But Don't I'll... worry, my ex-wife will make sure that never happens. <laughs> there are several people, as we made it to our goal of 100 Patreon Saints uh, in 2020, which I can't oh, believe yeah. it. Yeah, we did it. We did it. Uh, there are several people who, because whenever they're joined into that secret but not sacred group, I ask them what their favorite episode of the Cultural Hall is. There are several people, and I don't understand it, who say anything with Brother Kyle. Absolutely. Oh, I thought they were going to say the one when that one or two when Brother Kyle wasn't on. Yeah. yeah. No. No. <laughs> this with, year. With that, without fail, they will tell us uh, that they love Brother Kyle. So uh, I don't. Your ex-wife certainly doesn't. The few uh, people yeah. in the world. Hey, I do. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Matt does. So, uh, so props and thanks to you, Brother Kyle. And uh, and th- and that's who Matt is. That's what the the voice that you'll hear that isn't mine and Brother Kyle's in today's articles of news episode. Now uh, we have just passed, you know, today being Monday the fourth of January or whatever. Uh, we have just passed the new year. Uh, I am curious, what? How did your New Year's look, Brother Kyle? Well, it was great because uh, in the flash of one night. Uh, the pandemic is gone. Mm-hmm. Everything is fine. No celebrities have died. Yes. Van Halen's still alive. Oh. Everything's fine now because mm-hmm. it's a brand new year. Yes. Uh, that's how we lie to ourselves. How was it really? Uh, I, uneventful. I went, you know, I went to bed at a regular time, you know, woke up and slept in a little on New Year's Day, you know, till like nearly eight o'clock, 815 mm-hmm. actually. Well, well, and well. I know. Well, I, I'm getting, you know, I'm the crazy bachelor. Yes. <laughs> can do whatever what, he wants. What did you eat over the sink last night, Brother Kyle? Uh, a can of pork and beans. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I drained it out in a strainer so there's only beans and no I was going to say, did no you get pork. the pork out of yeah. it? <laughs> so, it's all I had left. 
Uh, you so you didn't do anything with the fake kids and the uh, significant other for New Year's? Nope, because I was tired. Because the the two days before, I was putting in the new floor in their kitchen, so I'm beat. <laughs> what kind of wood I, was it? <laughs> you know, I don't know. It was fake wood, is what okay. it is, and 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 it's a fake wood floor that I have now installed twice. Wait, wait, wait. Why? Because ten years ago, I bought a home to flip because I used to do that a little bit. Uh huh. Um, when I had money and credit yeah. and, <laughs> and so, uh, my great, great idea was this home, this home was, uh, I was, uh, getting divorced at the time or freshly divorced and it was three homes up from my ex-wife. Mm -hmm. So I, so my son could walk between our homes because sure. at the time, you know, he was yeah. like eight. Or yeah. Something. When, when you get divorced, you want to live as close <laughs> as possible to your, to your ex-wife. Smart, smart, smart. That's move. what was really funny to me. Not to her, but I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and all the neighbors were really confused. Yeah. yeah. So, so I bought this home and I was, it was in ter terrible shape. So I, so I fixed it up beautifully. Uh, and of course the recession never left. And so I sold it for a wonderful loss, uh, -huh. uh and then was homeless for many years. Yeah. But so, uh, about, I can't remember if I told the story, probably about six months ago. Now, a friend of mine sends me a picture said, uh, friends that, that my son and I have known for several years said, look at this. We just put an offer on this beautiful house for this extravagant amount of money right up the street from our, our little, you know, your little boy. We're so excited. We're going to live right by Lance. They sent me the picture, and I screamed. It was my home. <laughs> and probably, what, up 75% of what you sold oh, it for? You wouldn't believe three times as much wow. as I wow. sold the home for. Wow. Almost four times as much. Yeah, and I'm like, you know how much I sold that home for not long ago? You guys got hosed. So they went in, and and they completely re redid everything, and they pulled out the floor, and they and they called me about a month ago, and they're like, Hey, we pulled this floor out. Do you want it for mm -hmm. your plus ones floor? I know show under your, your kitchen. I said, yes, I bought that. Give it back. <laughs> I paid for that. And so they gave it to me and I just reinstalled it again a second time. Good for you. And as I was installing this the couple of days before New Year's, that I had some time off and on New Year's Day, it was it was like bringing back this flood of horrible it was one of the worst times of my life when i was redoing this home i was in the middle of a divorce a horrible relationship with somebody new and it was it, I, I was seriously at times almost in tears because it just touching this and seeing this wood close up and cutting it again and the textures to it it, it brought out all these horrible emotions it was depressing what, so why would you put that in your significant other's house <laughs> because i'm hoping it brings the same luck as it did 10 years ago <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy because New Year. Because it was free. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. You are thrifty. You are a thrifty person. And yeah. I I, pre I appreciate that about you. So thrifty that as uh, we do these Zoom calls, you don't even have a computer that has a camera on it so that people can see your face. Have you given Mr. Mayor your address? Uh, no. Because the only time I talked to him was when we were on with the everybody listening and I didn't want to say... Or nine, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have him message you, and he is going to send you uh, that webcam because people need to see your face, brother Kyle. They have demanded oh. it. Anything with brother Kyle, they say, and uh, goal for 2021. Because I'm setting the bar on resolutions real low. <laughs> I'm gonna get you that camera in 2021. That's our resolution. All yeah. right. Yeah. Yep. That's it. And the best part is I have nothing to do with it. I neither know your address nor will send said webcam. So I'm going to push for this. Okay, I'll do it. So, so let me tell you about my uh, fantastical New Year's Eve. Right after I find out, Matt, what did you do? You're married with a couple kids still at home, uh, right? Yeah, I didn't I didn't do much at all. We uh, some of the kids had friends over. Yeah, played around. Um, they made it till midnight. Then it sounds like. Oh yeah, I you know I I just let them stay up as long as I don't know what time they went to bed. To be honest with you. Did you go to bed early then? And just I be like, tried. It was probably one or one thirty, but <laughs> I couldn't sleep. So yeah. anyway, just so excited about the new year. Yes, I just couldn't <laughs> wait for twenty twenty one. I was just oh, my mind was a flurry. Yeah, we played a few games. That was about it. Board games. Uh, yeah. Anything good? Anything new? Uh, one's called uh, Cash and Guns. Yeah. and Like a mob game? Kind of, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you go and basically like rob a 
bank and yeah. you divvy up the loot. Yeah. You pull yeah. guns on each other to sure. see who lives and yeah, who gets Yeah, teaching your loot. kids that's good right. lessons. Yeah, yeah, they all love it. So <laughs> That's about all we did. Oh, that's fun. Popped the bubbly, you know. Yeah? Went Martinelli's? all over. What did you do? It was Martinelli's. Yeah. All okay. over. One, I swear the kid that worked at the grocery store just shook every one of them or something because <laughs> it sprayed everywhere. So that was good. So we... Uh, my my wife and I, last night was my last night at the theater. I did the Christmas show at the Desert Star Theater this year about six times is what it felt That's like it. because the theater had closed down for COVID for a while and um, the regular run of the schedule wasn't nearly as much as it usually is. It used to be like two shows a night right. every night between the 1st of December and the end of December. And this year it was like several nights off and only one show nights and all these things. And so... Uh, my wife had not yet seen the uh, production of the show, uh, so my one of my best friends and my wife had a date last night for New Year's Eve watching my show. <laughs> they both had not seen the show and wanted to come check it out, so nice. there's a great picture. There's a tradition at the Desert Star Theater that uh, people who are celebrating an anniversary get up and, right. and dance to a song, Let Me Call You Sweetheart, I'm in love with you. Well, uh, my buddy... Uh, who also DJ'd our wedding? He um, danced with my wife to "Let Me Call You Sweetheart" on New Year's Eve and sent me a nice. video of it, which you know, super classy. That's 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 the kind of friends I have. Great. Uh, and then uh, on the way home, my wife and I we did we were like, ah, do we want to stay up? What should we do? Because you know we got we got no kids and the dog by nine thirty is like guys tapped out. Can we can, I'm or can we go to bed? I'm ready to go to sleep. I've been sleeping all day, but I'm I'm still super tired. I decided that I wanted to eat a pizza, so I ordered and ate an entire pizza by myself last night. Happy New Year, proving once again to both myself and my wife that I am very I don't want to say positive, but nearly positive to be lactose intolerant. So that's exciting. So was it like to finish off the year? Like, you know, going out in a bang, let's yeah, eat just, the whole pizza. No, just, well, next year I, I won't. I ate it all. Right. But next My, year you won't. Like, no, no, no. Okay. This year I will too. Uh, <laughs> or this year, uh, I guess. No, come on. <laughs> uh, but uh, my... my uh, my wife didn't eat a single slice of it. It was literally, I ate an entire 14-inch pizza. Don't judge me. <laughs> I don't need your judgment. And then we watched the three episodes from ID Discovery of Doomsday, which is the story of uh, Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow. Now, here's the deal. Two things that are takeaways from that. One. That story, and we've had Nate Eaton from East Idaho News on several episodes. He was on our recap episode, mm -hmm. uh, the 376, the top 20 stories. He, I think it was number 20 or, I don't know, 16. I don't know. He's in there somewhere. Uh, he gives us an update on the Chad Daybell, Lori Vallow case. So uh, I knew that that story was really messed up. I mean, these are the people that allegedly killed her two kids. They The bodies were found on the property. Lots of spouses that were dead, but watching this series, which is, by the way, very well done, it is remarkable how messed up that scenario is, one. The second takeaway, at the at the beginning of this Chad Daybell, Lori Vallow thing, we didn't think, or at least I personally didn't think that the church was too much involved. Right. It is interwoven oh, yeah. into the story. It is like, you know, when things are going off... The rails for her, she's going to the temple five times a week. Like, really? like it, it is, it is interwoven craziness. That's number two, and then number three, the fact that we have Nate Eaton come into the cultural hall and talk about it is actually a really big deal. He is prominent in the Dateline feature that they have done about this. He is several times prominent in this you know, the series Doomsday. Mm -hmm. So I, so I, for a second, I was like, well, that's, that's pretty cool. This guy who, you know, these major networks are tapping for information about all this. He also comes and does the cultural hall too. So, so that was sort of a takeaway. Uh, it's also the worst story ever. It is sad and torturous and despicable and uh, a plot twist at literally every single turn and corner and, and so, happy new year. <laughs> then, 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 then we went to sleep, and then, uh, and uh, that was it. That was New Year's. 
Hmm. And now looking forward to uh, a whole new year. Um, I'll, I'll mention, and I think I mentioned some of these in previous episodes, but uh, big year for the Cultural Hall. We'll hit our number 500 episode. That's coming up here in first quarter of 2021. Big deal. Uh, we're going to try and get to 10,000 fans on Facebook. We're going to try and get to 3,000 fans on Instagram. We're going to try and get to 10,000 fans on Twitter. We have plans to live tweet general conference, both uh, spring and fall. So looking forward to a, a pretty amazing uh, year here for the Cultural Hall as we roll into our now uh, finalizing our 10th year of doing this whole thing. So, wow. Isn't that crazy? You know what? You have done an outstanding job, too. Oh, thank you. 500 is well, so, unreal. So here's the deal, and this is what surprised me, and I'll be sharing this in the next couple of days on our social, but... So the numbers are only 500, but in the early days you of the culture hall, number didn't number the articles of news episodes. Right. We would do the articles of news, but then only number the interviews. And so there is within like our stats and all that service, a little um, number that marks how many episodes that we've done. Any idea how many episodes we've done? This includes special episodes, those short ones where I say, hey, I just want to jump on here real quick. Brother Kyle, any idea? Oh, uh... I'm going to just throw out an even number at 1,000. Okay. good. A good guess. What do you think, Matt? 825. Ooh. Ooh. Now, both of you went over, so according to uh, Price is Right, you both lose, and nobody gets the big prize, but... Uh, One. Yeah. <laughs> One. Oh, you're that jerk. Uh, 771 episodes of the Cultural Hall wow. in, in our 10 wow. years. So, so kind of fun. You know, but, I want to point out one thing. Yes. I've been listening... It's dawned on me, almost every single one you interview a person, uh-huh. they say that's a great question. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like your I'd like your wife to edit like a whole thing <laughs> yeah. of that's a great question by a bunch of different people you've interviewed because yeah. almost everyone I kid you not they that's all a say great that great question. Yeah, so yeah, interesting, interesting. Uh, you know what we should do? We should, and I don't want to do this, but it would be fun if we had the production value <laughs> that we wanted. It would be super cool to. Anytime that someone says, that's a great question, we have like a little buzzer. Yeah, buzzer or a bell that rings or a, or a cash drawer that goes ching, something like that. But th- there are some people that, and the reason why I don't want to do this is because there are some people who everything is a great question. And so yeah. then you'd end up being, that's a great question, you know, 30 times in an episode. That's and I, true. And that, that is a fool's errand. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, let us take a break. And when we come back, we'll do actual articles of news. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. All right, here in the second uh, block of the Culture Hall, we're going to do some actual articles of news. But first, I need to tell you, coming up in the third block, we're going to be visiting with Casey Griffiths. Uh, He's from Book of Mormon Central about a huge announcement uh, that's coming out for your Come Follow Me this year in 2021 as we study the Doctrine and Covenants. So that is the third block. If you're wondering, hey, where's that love section of the Papa Osler book, Listen, Learn, and Love? We have done that interview. That will be a third block of the Cultural Hall in the future. So hang tight for that. Uh, We will do that not today, but a different time. Uh, Casey Griffiths from Book of Mormon Central in the third block. Let's do some actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. Brother Kyle, we have a, a story about some incarcerated folks. Let's go there first. Yeah, well, you spoiled the surprise. So Aww. this is about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has their prison ministry group. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's, as you would imagine, it's it's when, when members of the LDS Church are incarcerated, they would still like to uh, participate in, in basically the church activities mm-hmm. uh, and have church. And, and along with that, so, some counsel that they can reach out to or contact, uh, you know, as you would your, your bishop or your, 
uh, elder scorn present, whatever, when they have to move cells, you know, you call the elder scorn present, you come over, they grab your mattress, <laughs> pillow and your toothpaste, yeah. move it down the hall. E- even then, we still call the elder scorn to help them move. Sure, I appreciate that. Yeah, and this this is actually, I, as I was seeing the story, I, I remember when I was in Scouts many years ago, many uh, we we did uh, something with this group where we went in and kind of saw what they did uh, in one of the prisons, kind of how they they ran this. And I was trying to remember some details of it. But I, I remember thinking then that, that it was interesting because you don't think about, you know, when you go to jail, then what if you're a member of the church? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people are in there for, you know, people in, aren't in just in jail because they uh, hijacked a car. Sure. Uh, but but, you know, there are, you know, white People get into trouble maybe with drugs or white collar crimes, you know, something legal. Uh, and they're and honestly, they want to make their way back to regular life society. And and that includes in their religion um, and with their family. And that that's what this group is for, the, the prison ministry group. And they hold actual church meetings where they, you know, they sing. Um, mm-hmm. they, they have talks and things like that. Uh, I don't know if you saw the, the pictures in it, but I. I remember seeing this. It was it was a a very unique experience to see this happen as a as a younger boy. Yeah, the uh, they they have almost like chapels uh, within the the churches here in the state of Utah. So I would imagine it's a little bit different in places where the church is a little more sparse. Um, but you know, a, a, an opportunity for people to serve missions in the uh, jails and prisons. Uh, to be able to help these folks out. And yeah, there it's it's sort of one of the pictures. And by the way, you can find all the links for these stories at theculturalhall.com. It's in the show notes. We we do not only the time when we talk about these stories, but also links to these stories if you want to find out more. It, it is a bunch of, uh, in this particular picture, uh, a bunch of gentlemen in their jumpsuits with their hymnals, hmm. just, yeah. uh, just, you know, singing their hearts out. Do, doing the jail thing. Do and, they have a choir? Oh, uh, they yeah. must. <laughs> they right? do. Nice. Yeah, and yeah. I'm sure. And I'm sure you want to be a part of that choir because <laughs> yeah. it gets you out gets for you a out, little bit right? of time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That this, by the way, um, we're going to go a little bit deeper. This will be. I was able to put myself in contact with um, someone who is a branch president of a uh, of a branch, obviously inside one of the jails here in Utah, huh. and they're going to be a future episode of the Cultural Hall. Talk about you know, some of the miracles that they've mm. seen. Sorry, brother Kyle. Mm. And some of the things that they uh, have done as part of being in that branch presidency and, and, uh, and what it is and what it isn't. So look forward to that being a future episode of the cultural hall. Uh, this I thought was interesting. Um, there was a little bit of a hubbub. If I say the name Doug Lovell, uh, do you know who that is? Douglas Lovell? Either of you guys know? I do not. Brother Kyle? It sounds the name sounds familiar. Who is that? So he is on death row, and this is what is interesting about this particular story. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints says it didn't improperly meddle in a death row inmate's 2015 trial when it laid out ground rules for what local church leaders could say before they testified as character witnesses for the man. Church attorneys said in a December 8th. 2020 filing that the faith had no interest in whether Douglas Lovell was granted a new trial, but had outside lawyers working on the church's behalf explain to local church leaders who had been meeting with Lovell in prison that they didn't have authority to speak on behalf of the church and that church policy discouraged them from testifying for people they had ministered to unless they are subpoenaed. So, when you have cases like this, there are occasions where they can say, "Hey, we want to we uh, we're looking for character witnesses." And in this particular instance, some of these people are these very you know missionaries or presidents that work within branch presidents that work within the walls of the prisons and jails, and to speak on behalf of either the change or the character of this guy on death row, you know their their defense wanted to get. Uh, different clergy within the church to speak on his behalf. And typically, members are not encouraged to get involved in that. We saw the same thing with okay. the Chad and Lori Daybell thing, where uh, the the law firm for the church, Curtin and McConkey, uh, essentially sent a letter out that said, hey, you know what, we really encourage you not to do this. 
unless you're subpoenaed, unless you're forced to do it. So that that's sort of what that was. It's not it's not that big of a story, but it is interesting to note that the church even has some sort of play, especially when we get involved with uh, that that ministering effort within the walls of the church. I thought that was sort sort of an interesting um, merge between those two stories. This is just a sad story because uh, we need you know we need more sadness, obviously. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Constance Grimm, age 47, is resilient and growing stronger. She still needs oxygen to assist her breathing, but the amount required is getting lower. She was released November 30th after having COVID. Her 24-year-old son, Jonathan, drove her to the emergency room back in November. Constance, who suffers from mild asthma, was given a COVID test, admittedly, immediately admitted to the hospital. The next morning, Jonathan, just so you're keeping track, called with life-shattering news her husband chad was dead at first she thought that her son was kidding but he said that his dad was blue and not moving shortly after that the doctor came in and told her that it was acute respiratory failure and she didn't end up getting the positive covid test for three more days hmm. so this is again not a, not a huge story certainly life-shattering um for this individual and there are countless similar stories but this made the news about this uh couple um both members of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints who you know he 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 did not uh know himself to be uh of comorbidities or of a great deal of risk middle-aged i don't know how old are you matt we my wife and i were actually talking about I'm this 44 44 yeah. yeah so he's just a couple years older than us and i'm a lot younger than brother kyle yeah so. a lot younger you're all, you're all younger than me <laughs> yeah a lot younger than you if you notice that he said that they, we are all a lot younger than you uh anyway just a just a sad tragic story that that made the news within covid uh what else do you have brother kyle uh so i've got let's lighten it with just a little bit of good news here first just some efforts by the by the Ellis Church uh, around the country um, for COVID-19. Uh, the the Accra Metropolitan Assembly recently honored the church for its help in ranging from things from masks and medical gear and supplies, food, hygiene items, uh, to Ghana in their fight against COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And also uh, was, was said, history will not forget the great work that the church has done for this people. Uh, the Accra mayor, uh, and it's not Accra, it's Accra. It's actually it's actually Accra, but I'll go with you. Accra. Yeah. I can't. I don't have an accent like you. Yeah. I'm I'm American. Yeah. The Accra mayor what, Mohammed. What am I? What am I, brother Kyle? I don't know. You're some fancy tongue speaking thing. <laughs> Mohammed Ajay Sowa yeah. said in a news release, uh, "The good works of the church will stand forever. Members and missionaries help to clear roads and clean up parks and beaches after a tropical cyclone." Uh, Yasa was the name of the cyclone swept through uh, Fiji a couple weeks ago, hmm. Hmm. and that was our, our relief efforts there. Yeah, a, t- a ton done. Um, I mean, we do a ton every year. We being the collective body of the church, but I think even more uh, in the year 2020, as we had the resources to be able to help, people will always be critical and say, "You could have done more. You should have. What about the hundred billion? Why didn't you do more?" But, I was um, just gonna say, no, they don't contribute. They just build malls. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> how we make money. Yeah, yep, yep. So uh, that's awesome. A major award, a recognition. Uh, this was just sort of fleeting and interesting. Uh, the Salt Lake Tribune does a uh, a Utah of the year, uh, and uh, they allow people to sort of vote on it. Angela Dunn, who is uh, the the medical. Um, her title is escaping me, but she's essentially like the the public health person for the state of Utah. She was nominated. Former guest uh, Spencer J. Cox, governor-elect, also nominated. Uh, but the winner is Eric Mutsos. If you know who that is, previous guest of the Cultural Hall really? a couple hundred episodes ago. He is the um, Utah Highway Patrolman that that refused to participate as part of the Motorcycle Brigade in the Pride Parade. He ended up uh, not really? being able to work for the uh, highway patrol anymore, and he has recently found favor in the people that are like these masks. What a joke! Did, did we, they fire him after? 
Uh, I think that he. Her. I think he found himself out. I can't remember okay. exactly. Like, uh, but he has now found favor with the people that are like, open back up all the businesses. This is nothing more than the than a cold. Huh. Why don't we do this? And so, uh, that is who that person is. And you can actually go back and hear that episode of the Cultural Hall. I'll leave a link for it in the show notes. Um. Other, and he won Utah of the year? According to the Trib and according to readers only. They didn't pick it. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. I think, so, you know, you know, like when um, Bodie McBoatface won the name of the the boat. <laughs> the research like, vessel. Or yeah, whatever. the yeah. research vessel yeah. like six years ago. People sort of rallied behind a thing. I think that's right. what happened. I don't think it was like you know, commoners that came to the Salt Lake Tribune were like, Eric Mutos should be my guy. I think a couple people thought, oh, there's no way that the Trib will recognize this and then rallied the entire community around it. So, yeah. Uh, so that was kind of an interesting story. He, member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The uh, Come Follow Me curriculum for 2021, uh, again, which we'll talk about in the third block with Casey Griffiths uh, from Book of Mormon Central about what they're doing. Uh, but the mainstream Come Follow Me curriculum available now in your apps and at uh, churchofjesuschrist.org. Uh, tons of great resources beyond just the Come Follow Me if you're doing that, which, you know, we've been admonished to do it. Uh, amazing resources and more and more, especially where we're studying church history and the Doctrine and Covenants this year. It's super cool because we can be like, show me what the, this looked like and you can see what that looked right. like or missionaries can walk you through that live tour. So that's that's pretty cool as well. Um, what other ones do you have, Brother Kyle? I have the story out of Phoenix, Arizona. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was hit with several lawsuits uh, seven, actually, mm -hmm. uh, for allegedly covering up decades of sexual abuse among Boy Scout troops in Arizona. In the seven lawsuits, each representing seven different male victims, attorneys say church officials never notified authorities about the allegations. And public records show that members of the church-sponsored Boy Scout troops uh, who were abused would tell bishops about what had happened. The lawsuit alleges the bishops would then, then tell the victims to keep quiet so the church can conduct its own investigation. In the meantime, Troop leaders and volunteers accused of these abuses would be allowed to continue in their roles or be assigned to other troops. Mm -hmm. uh, church spokesman Sam Penrod said in a statement that the church faith has zero tolerance for abuse of any kind and that these serious allegations require a thorough investigation. He called it inaccurate to say the faith had access to the files that had named the band scout leaders and said that the church hasn't seen the records uh, that allegedly backed the accusations. Um, at the time, I, I think I was seeing that, that there were s uh, at least seven troops in Arizona, uh, in the Metro Phoenix, Tucson, Arizona uh, area, according to the attorneys, is, that were all under this scope of this. Yeah. Um, this is between 1972 and 2009. Yeah. Which is a long span of years. I mean, just yeah. to keep it in perspective. And the other great thing is to note, and, and not to say that I don't think that this happens now which it shouldn't and it's horrible and despicable and these people should be punished to the fullest extent of the law but there is if there can be some peace in knowing that these are you know 40 30 40 50 years ago uh the other piece of this is that a lot of these cases have to be filed now if they're ever going to be filed i actually watched there was actually a commercial last night i saw on tv yeah that like the class action lawsuit you know like has your has your person been, you know, infected by mesothelioma? And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the same thing with the scouts. Have have you or someone you know basically been uh, molested or something in the scout program? Yeah. And, or in the in the Mormon Church and stuff. And there's a and there's a phone number call. you can yeah. call. Yeah, they do that a bunch. I've seen that commercial a lot yeah. over yeah. the last few weeks. So yeah. isn't there a deadline? Like, yeah, there, there. I don't, and I don't know what that is, yeah. but there's some some part of it has to do with the Boy Scouts and. And the filing of bankruptcy and everything like that. And then something also has to do with the statute oh, okay. of limitations within certain um, states, etc. So okay. I, I know that that's part of it. Uh, I hope that they will continue. Certainly that is why we've put some distance with it. Yeah. Um, one other thing that you kind of put or that you brought up, Kyle, is that the Boy Scouts of America actually had like a... Not like a literal file, like, you know, paper, manila kind of file. But they did keep track of those who were alleged to be... Uh, 
inappropriate right okay. from mm -hmm. from physical to sexual to verbal they had those people A blacklist kind yeah of thing. yeah in in, oh. in sort of this uh this confidential file huh. and that's what's being referenced that oh is saying hey did the church know about this and they're saying no we didn't know about this and they're like how could you not know about this oh. the boy scouts had this folder so so yeah gross cool great cool <laughs> awesome gross story kyle thanks sorry that's fine that's fine <laughs> Uh, interesting, just quick aside, so Brian Miller, son of the late Larry H. Miller, a uh, member of the church, he and his wife Gail, uh, uh, she actually the wealthiest Utah. Wait, his wife or his mom? Uh, so Gail is Brian's mom, but yes. Gail Miller, uh, the widow of Larry H. Miller, the richest Utah. Sorry, right. thank you for putting that in context. Uh, but Brian Miller, uh, he, an heir to the Miller throne... Uh, he couple things. This is just an interesting thing. The, but, the throne, just so you know, is uh, actually the the passenger seat out of a '92 Tacoma. <laughs> Sorry. He he bought <laughs> he bought the Walker Mansion, which if you're a Utah resident, oh. you sort of know about this. Uh, a yeah. gorgeous gorgeous property um, in the center of the valley. Uh, one of four brothers, the, the Walker Center in downtown Salt Lake. It's those Walkers. Um, very, very rich uh, family. Had a big, beautiful um, carriage house that people could live in and rent. And, you know, previous guest of the cultural hall, Brandy Vega from Good Deed something. She had lived there. So very integrated within the church, right? Uh, Brian Miller son of Gail Miller, heir to the Larry H. Miller throne, changed his name from Bryant or Brian to Brilliant Miller. He changed yeah, he literally changed he, his lit name. he legally changed his name to Brilliant Miller and tore down the Walker Mansion. What? Yeah. Had, had it raised, had it destroyed. <laughs> what? A sad that was a big place. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Ten, twelve million dollar estate. Now part mo uh, a lot of that is in the land. He, he's going to likely rebuild something else on this. But if you have a love for historical things, it, it's an interesting thing for two things. One, that he changes his name from Brian to Brilliant. Mm. Which just uh, makes you lose points right away. <laughs> yeah. Right. But then also destroying this piece of Utah history. Uh, just certainly kind of sad. Uh, I want to make sure that I hit the rest of these. And we've got just a couple more minutes. Uh, there continues to be... Uh, the discrepancy, you know, Brigham Young, he says, go south, guys, go to St. George, go to Utah's Dixie and uh, the southern Utah uh, town of St. George, uh, Dixie State University, founded by the Mormons, uh, not going to be called Dixie State University anymore. They don't have the new name for it yet. Oh, really? Uh, but St. George or Utah's Dixie because of its um, sort of similarities, because they... So where it comes from, they wanted to raise and grow cotton in southern, say, southern Utah. Southern and so, reference. And so they, they wanted to call it our Dixie, right? It's Utah's Dixie. Well, cotton didn't really grow as well as they had hoped slash thought there. Uh, but also now because of the references to Dixie and slavery, there's a big push to end it. There's also a huge push um, for people in southern Utah that are just like, guys, we, we don't. That's not us. Yeah. Let us call it Utah's Dixie. Will they still be the bison? Yeah. The buffaloes? The is bison? The bison or buffaloes? No, I think it's bison. You're right. Yeah. They used to be the rebels, and they said, well, you know, we have to get rid of that. Yeah. Um, so no news as to uh, what Dixie State will be changing to um, and whether or not they will disavow Utah's Dixie altogether. Um, but I know that the hospital, the Dixie Regional Center in, in St. George, going to be changing. Luckily, they called it the Red Cliffs Temple and not the Dixie Temple. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, that would be a change. But that has a lot of people, uh, members of the church especially, split on whether or not we should change uh, that from from that which it was referenced back in the past. Um, we already got the Boy Scout story. All right. I want to hit this up as we end. Uh, and don't forget, coming up in the third block, we talk with Casey Griffiths from Book of Mormon Central about all the cool changes, the things that they're doing for this year's Come Follow Me. Uh, this is from the folks over at LDS Living. And what I love about the folks at LDS Living is they make lists like nobody's business, mm -hmm. right? Because lists, in case people you didn't know, lists. people love a list. <laughs> and also, Do they? they are clickbaity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so they run through 28 changes and announcements made by the church in 2020 unrelated to the pandemic. I'm not going to read all 28 because we did a lot of them in our 20 stories from from the year 2020. Uh, one worth noting, uh, the tw- new Twitter handle for the church, it's ch underscore Jesus Christ, if you're not following, if you're a Twitter person and you're not following on the new Twitter handle. Um, the First Presidency, uh, they wrote a letter on parents' roles to protect children from the effects of pornography back in January of 2020. In the Philippines, the church started a pilot nutrition program to try and help people of the Philippines be more healthy. So that's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, The Gospel Living app uh, was released in early 2020. So that's kind of a cool thing. The uh, update of the honor code. Remember when people at... uh, at BYU, we're like, cool, we can, if we're gay, we can, we can kiss and be a little bit more outward about it on campus. And for like two weeks, they sort of did that. And then Just they said, have a beard. <laughs> and then they said, nah, nope, nope, nope. They clarified that. Uh, the changing of Pioneer 47 being your password for the internet, that happened in 2020. Wait, I don't know what the new password is. Well, let me <laughs> tell you. Uh, the, the new network is LDS access and the new password is Alma 3738. And you'll know if you are connected to the right access, because every time you open up the internet, it will remind you, do you realize that this is for the furthering of the work of God? And you have to click accept. It's not, that's not exactly verbatim what it says, but it does go, uh, 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 are we, is this what this is for? Are we doing this? There's a guy that lives around me that always goes to the church parking lot. To use the internet. To use the internet. Uh, he's, not, he's, not, he's not a member of the Does church. Does he know the new password? Yeah, he knows it. yeah, no, no. He sits there. There's this great, beautiful rock that is one of like the foundation stones from a previous church here in the valley. Oh, wow. He sits there, updates his apps, all the things, and uses the church's Wi-Fi. Um, other things. Uh, membership of the church, 36. We had the uh, youth speakers at General Conference. Remember that back in the spring. Other things worth noting. The Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square's new logo. There was that. The the big deal with the art. The Christ-focused art in meeting houses. Um, there That was some interest kind of around that. Um, the renaming of the church's historic sites. Remember it was previously Historic Carthage Jail and Visitor Center, and now it's just called Carthage Jail. We did a lot of, I don't know, for whatever re- uh, reason, doing that. Um, you can do an Alexa and Google skill of gospel voice, if that's a thing, uh, for you and for your household. We said goodbye to the new era and the ensign. Um, and that's it. So there you go. We are done with articles of news coming up. We'll talk with Casey Griffiths. Brother Kyle, thanks again uh, for, for, for being here. You bet. Good to see you again, Matt. How, yeah, you too. Have a happy new year. Thank you very much. Uh, Kyle, watch out. Hey, Kyle, miracle uh, miracles are coming your way this year. It's the year. Can't wait. I believe in miracles. <laughs> Where are you from? You sexy thing. <laughs> Hey, it's me, Richie T. I found myself with a little bit more time on my hands, and maybe you're finding yourself in that same position. Well, allow me to introduce you to Best Podcast Consultant in Utah. I don't have the domain, and and really, I can do this wherever because I'm doing most of the classes virtually, but if you would like to reach out to me, uh, probably the simplest way is if you just do contact at theculturalhall.com, or you can find me online richietstedman.com. You can check that out. I would love to help you if you are already established in podcast or you're thinking, you know what? I've got this downtime. It's a passion project. I've always wanted to do it. You can reach out to me. You can do contact at theculturalhall.com or find me on any social media at richietstedman. Hey, this is Dan, the laptop man from PC Laptops. Friends, I know a lot of you guys and girls are working from home. So here's some tips for making sure your computer is ready for working at home, because if your computer fails, it's going to be really hard to get it fixed because of dwindling supply and parts. 
But we have parts right now, and we have a limited supply of new computers available for you. Make sure your computer is healthy and virus and malware-free. Hackers are trying to infect people and stealing their information during these challenging times. We'll scan the health of your computer for viruses and malware, plus scan your hard drive, memory, and components to make sure you don't have any failing parts. You want to make sure you have strong antivirus and malware protection software as well. Just get into any PC laptops and we'll check your hardware and your software and scan your computer for viruses for absolutely free. Just go to PCLaptops.com. At PC Laptops, we've been serving you for over 28 years, and we've got your back during these times of need. We're all in this together. So just go to PCLaptops.com, and we'll get you taken care of. We are going to call this segment, Just Say, air quotes, no, to come follow me, because we are going to outline five different things that we need to know as we go in uh, to a study of church history and doctrine and covenants. That is the upcoming Come Follow Me. I'm joined by a professor, a man of many books. Uh, he is a handsome, more handsome than I would have suspected. His name is Casey Griffiths. Thank you for joining me, sir. Thank you. Now let's get to know you just a little bit. You are a professor at the Lord's University. Uh, yes, at BYU Provo. There's a couple of the Lord's Universities now, so I no, don't specify. No, there's only one. Sorry, Casey. <laughs> there can be only one, like the Highlander and other things. Don't worry. You won't get in trouble. This is me saying that. Uh, what do you what do you teach down there, and how long you been? Um, I've been at BYU since 2014, so about six years, and I teach church history. So I teach uh, Foundations of the Restoration, which is the introductory course to uh, church history and the Doctrine and Covenant. Is there a tangents of the uh, Restoration? Because I would take that class in a heartbeat. <laughs> we work a lot of tangents in, but right now there isn't an official course for it. Okay. I'll talk to President Worthen a little bit. I'll see. Would you be interested in teaching some of them those oh, tangential I, things? I feel like I already do, to be <laughs> honest with you. Uh, tell me a little bit. Where are you from and your upbringing, your background? So I'm originally from Delta, Utah. Um, I live in Saratoga Springs with my family. Mm -hmm. um, served a mission in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, lifelong member of the church died in the wool true blue through and through mm -hmm. have you ever had moments where you're like well i don't know i gotta get through this time this is a little more difficult time uh the last year's been a little bit weird i've gone from teaching an auditorium of 300 students to teaching in my basement over zoom mm -hmm. uh, but in a lot of ways it's been a nice transition i get to spend a little bit more time with my wife and kids and i've actually been more productive because my commute's gone from an hour one way to uh, 30 seconds <laughs> in my basement yeah a family, I'm going to go downstairs. This is me going to work, which just like before means you can't come downstairs and just bother <laughs> me at any whim. Door That's is locked and, and quiet. Yeah. So these five things that we need to know uh, with our Come Follow Me study in 2021, uh, I asked you to outline them and you surely delivered. So let's start. Number one you indicated is know the story of the Doctrine and Covenants. What did you mean? Yeah, the Doctrine and Covenants is a little less user-friendly than the Book of Mormon. Uh, the Book of Mormon had the advantage of being put together by not only a great editor, but one of the great writers of all time. Uh, and he pretty much just puts everything there for you on the page. Like, here's this person, here's where they came from, here's the speech they gave, and here's the, and thus we see. Mm -hmm. uh, the Doctrine and Covenants is a little bit more in raw form, where there's no kind of connective tissue between the revelations except for that little italicized section introduction. And so it's really helpful to kind of have an additional resource uh, to tell you what was going on when the revelation was received. Uh, for instance, um, section 25 of the Doctrine and Covenants, which is a revelation to Emma Smith, is a lot more meaningful if you know that at the time Emma was going through some major stuff. She was basically being forced to decide between her faith her marriage, and her family. Her family weren't on board with the restoration. And when that revelation was received, she was getting ready to decide if she was going to go with Joseph and leave her family or if she was going to stay with the life she'd always known. Hmm. And so it, it can be tough sometimes because the Doctrine and Covenants feels disjointed. It's just a collection of revelations. And a resource uh, like Saints, which was published um, in the last year or two, Mm -hmm. can really help you kind of understand the background of what's going on in the scriptures. So it's not just a collection of revelations. It's a story about the people uh, who joined the church early on. And I know that you talk about resources that kind of give context and maybe further explanation. I know that we'll kind of touch on that as one of our other no's with Come Follow Me. So I don't want to spend too much time. I think people are probably like, like what? Like what resources? We'll get there. Calm down, everybody. <laughs> we'll get there. 
What about the people? You say uh, in point number two, know the people of the Doctrine and Covenants. It's uh, it's Joseph Smith, it's God, it's the saints in, in Kirtland, and then, you know, as we move west, right? Yeah, Joseph Smith is easy because his history is right in the Pearl of Great Price. We're going to study that the first week of January or so. But there's other people like Oliver Cowdery or David Whitmer, Emma Smith or Lucy Mack Smith, whose stories really, really do enrich and deepen your study of the Doctrine and Covenants. And one of the cool things about the Doctrine and Covenants is that there's just as many stories involving uh, women as there are men. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the Book of Mormon, but the Book of Mormon mentions five women by name in the whole text. Mm -hmm. Um, Zariah, Abish, Eve, Mary, and the harlot Isabel are the five. Mm -hmm. Um, The Doctrine and Covenants is a story that involves hundreds of women uh, who wrote all kinds of things about about what happened, about their interactions with Joseph Smith, about their experiences in the Restoration. Uh, and that's a part of the story that you really don't want to miss out on either, is that this is kind of unique among the scriptures the church studies in that we have so much information from the women, from the minorities, from international people uh, that were involved in it. And uh, additional resources sometimes help you pick up on that, too. One of the things that I love in particular about the Doctrine and Covenants is it's places that I have been to before, right? Yeah. Like, having served my mission in Cleveland, I was able to go to Kirtland. I was able to go to Hiram and be able to see, oh, this is where Joseph was tarred and feathered. This is where the temple was dedicated. I can see this, and in a lot of ways, it helped my understanding. So it's something that, for me, that I appreciate just that little bit more because I'm a a, a far more visual, experiential learner that I'm like, oh, okay, these are things. I can see these things. Whereas with other texts, it's like, here's a story, and take the moral and, you know, some of that kind of stuff. Your number three is no church resources on the Doctrine and Covenants. So these are ones that are available, made available by the church itself. I would be curious. Yeah, there is a ton of good stuff that the church has put out in the last couple of years that will help your study this year. So if you have a mobile device and you have Gospel Library on it, you just go to the Gospel Library app and there's a, there's a tab called Church History. And under that, uh, you've got the Restoration Proclamation, You've got Revelations in Context, which is a bunch of stories linked to sections of the Doctrine and Covenants. You got all the information from the Joseph Smith papers. Uh, There's another tab called Church History Topics that would walk you through a bunch of things like the relationship of the saints to American Indians or what what's the deal with Latter-day Saints and Masons. There's a really good article there. Mm-hmm. There's also another tab that has um, uh, the Gospel Topics essays, which generally deal with the most challenging issues related to restoration and church history. So there's a Gospel Topics essay on the different accounts of the First Vision or how the Book of Mormon was translated or plural marriage or race and the priesthood. And a lot of those are really helpful to my students in kind of navigating those issues that can cause a faith crisis when people come across uh, something that's difficult in church history. But other ones are just subjects that we don't know a lot about. Like there's a there's an article on Mother in Heaven mm-hmm. and what's taught about Mother in Heaven. And that's really cool. There's even another uh, tab in the church history page that has women's history, that has uh, a bunch of history of the Relief Society, early documents, uh, discourses given by early female leaders of the church, and um, Daughters in My Kingdom, which was the history of the Relief Society that was published just a couple of years ago. So the church has done an amazing job um, getting stuff to you. And then beyond that, uh, Saints Volume 1 and Volume 2 are out right now. Volume 3 comes out next year. Uh, Saints is history for people that hate history. Um, (laughs) Saints reads more like a Harry Potter book than a traditional history text. And they went out of their way to make the narrative move quickly, uh, but also have a lot of integrity be linked to historical sources. Um, I'm a historian, so I love to read history, but I was one of the people that they asked to preview Saints. Uh And I handed it to my wife and said, read this and tell me what you think about it. My wife's kind of like a Harry Potter Twilight fan. Uh-huh. <laughs> she read for three hours straight and then set it down and said, this is the best church history book I've ever read. Like it's so clear and concise and engaging. And it, the best thing is it's an audiobook too. Like mm-hmm. you can listen to it 10 or 15 minutes a day and kind of get the background that helps the Doctrine and Covenants really flow well and make a lot more sense. In addition to those couple things, I also think uh, to make mention that there are some sections of the Doctrine and Covenants that you can find out more with. Uh, the Joseph Smith Papers and the Joseph Smith Papers Project, a huge resource that I don't think enough members of the church tap into, and that's from the church itself. Are there any other that the church make available that you would want to mention with this no 
Um, well, the JSP, like you mentioned, the Joseph Paper site is amazing. You can usually go there and find the earliest version of a Revelation in the Doctrine and Covenants or Joseph Smith's history. And they also have reference pages that have people in the Doctrine and Covenants. Um, it's just kind of cool to, for instance, pull up the 1832 account of the first vision and read in Joseph Smith's own handwriting uh, the first time that he records the vision. So, so much good stuff. I mean, it's not exaggerating to say that we live in the golden age of church history. Uh, and uh, like I said, it, you can go as deep or as shallow as you want to go. Uh, for someone that's just starting out, I would say read Saints. Uh, for someone that really wants to go deeper, I'd say get familiar with the JSP site and really dig deep and you'll find some stuff uh, that you haven't learned before. I'm going through the JSP right now and learning all kinds of things that I didn't know. Uh, so it's 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 great for people that are on all kinds of levels um, of knowledge with this already. It's been super fun, and I know we plan on doing this within 2021 uh, as it will uh, apply to the People's Come Follow Me study. But we've had several folks from the Joseph Smith Papers come into the Cultural Hall and tell us a little bit about it. And oftentimes in those conversations, I will always say, wait, 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 what did you just say? Wait, that happened? Wait, say that back one more time. I didn't know that. Lifelong member of the church. I had no idea blank, or I didn't know that this intersected with this. So tremendous, like you say, the golden age of information from the church. Now, number four is no additional resources on the Doctrine and Covenants. And so I'm thinking that's got to be people that are probably members of the church, but it's not necessarily church sanctioned. Yeah, yeah. That's why I called you. Um, I work with an organization called Book of Mormon Central mm -hmm. that maybe you've heard of. Sure. Book of Mormon Central is a nonprofit started a couple of years ago by some really generous members of the church. And the, the idea behind Book of Mormon Central was to just put everything on the Book of Mormon into one place, Book of Mormon Central. Um, starting in January, we're going to launch Doctrine and Covenant Central, which mm -hmm. is intended to do the same thing. And it'll have pages set up specifically for Come Follow Me that will have like, okay, here is the section. Uh, here is a biography of the person in the section written by Susan Easton Black. And here is a historical introduction written by Steve Harper, this award-winning historian. Um, I write commentary on the section. So I'll walk you through the section and say, here's the key doctrines. Here's the key concepts. Here's the ideas. Then we've got Ken Mays, who's this wonderful photographer who has pictures of all the locations the section took place. We're going to post every video that the church has made linked to that. And then a few explanatory videos like um, Tyler Griffin and Taylor Halverson are going to continue to do this Come Follow Me series they've done. I'm going to do like a little five-minute overview of the sections. Mm -hmm. John Hilton's going to do like a scriptural thought. And then we've got a bunch of people lined up. Those things are all going to be available on, on Doctrine Covenant Central. And we've also put them into an app of, that's free that anybody can download called Scripture Plus. And Scripture Plus, we the church agreed to give us the text of the scriptures, mm -hmm. and we set up Scripture Plus like a really great study Bible. So you're going through it, and there's little tabs where you can click, and here's commentary on the section, and here's imagery from the section, and here's a video um, that will help you relate to the section. And it's really a great way to kind of have a great experience with the scriptures in a really user-friendly format in a short period of time. We did surveys to ask how long people study their scriptures on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And the answer people usually gave was like five to 10 minutes. Right. Uh, so they, they, they pick up their scriptures, which is usually their phone, and they look at it. And we sort of cultivated scripture plus to, to follow that, that, that guideline that we wanted to create like a five to 10 minute experience hmm. that someone could have every day where they watch a video or they read a little bit of commentary or they learn about it. So a lot of these resources that we've been discussing with historical context or doctrinal commentary are all kind of in one place there. And like I said, because of our donors and because we're a nonprofit, it's totally free. So I like we're that. trying to let I... as many people know about it as possible. And it's doctrine and covenants, doctrine and covenants, central dot org.com doctrineandcovenantcentral.org and then the app is called scripture plus but everything that's on doctrine and covenant central will be on scripture plus totally free of charge just just there to help people understand a little bit more about the history of the church are there other and i know you would be partial to those sort of resources that we would find on doctrine and covenants central but are there other historians that if people are looking to find out maybe more a little bit about a specific subject that you can point to that although they're not necessarily church-sanctioned historians or whatever, that you're like, oh, like, great work from Ben Park is is one that we've had here on the Cultural Hall a couple of times. 
he does a great job. Other folks that you would maybe be able to highlight and say a great resource for this is this person. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Steve Harper is kind of the world's expert on the first vision. He just published an amazing book from Oxford Press on the first vision that's about as good as it gets. Goes through the entire history of the first vision, how it's been emphasized by church members. Just absolutely wonderful stuff. Um, if you're if you're familiar with the basics, uh, Rough Stone Rolling by Richard Bushman is a great resource. Ben Park's uh, book on Nauvoo, I read, I really enjoyed. It, like I said, you might have to ask yourself, like, what level of understanding are you at? Uh, a book like Richard Bushman's book, for instance, is not for tourists. It's no. not for it's not for people that are just starting out. But for someone that's just starting out, a book like Mark McConkie's Remembering Joseph, which is basically uh, a collection of reminiscences people wrote about their experiences with Joseph Smith, is a great place to start. If a student comes to me and says, I want to know more about Joseph Smith when I'm just starting out, uh, I'll usually say, hey, read Remembering Joseph. If if they come to me and say, hey, I know all the basics, I want to deal with the controversy, I'll say, hey, read Rough Stone Rolling. Mm. Because Bushman really was assuming when he wrote Rough Stone Rolling that you knew most of the stuff. Now he's going to go deeper and talk about cultural context and a lot of those things. So it, it might be you just sit down and say, hey, where am I at? Am I, am I someone that studied this for years? I want to go deeper. Or is this my first run through the Doctrine Covenants? And then kind of gauge where you're at from there and make those decisions. That's a great. But there's so much good stuff happening right now. Yeah. Um, and and a great place to, uh, I like the idea of self-assessment, right? How much time am I really going to dedicate to this? Where am I really at? Because if anyone has ever tried to, you know, build a machine before they understand how uh, the first part of the machine works, that wasn't a very good example. I went down a road and then couldn't pick myself <laughs> up. But, you know, it, you need to start where you're at. And there's nothing wrong with that. The The important thing is, is that you're starting. So having yeah. that self-assessing time. I really appreciate that, which I think maybe. Uh, kind of coincide with our number five, know your place in the Doctrine and Covenants? Or is it know your place in the Doctrine and Covenants? <laughs> well, either one of those work. But um, the main thing I would emphasize uh, is this. The Doctrine and Covenants is really unique. And this year is going to be different than any other Come Follow Me year because it's not about the Israelites. It's not about the New Testament Christians. It's not about the Nephites. The Doctrine and Covenants is the book of the Latter-day Saints. It's about us right now. It's, it's written to us. It's specifically intended for people that know the gospel. I mean, when we, when we knock on someone's door, we don't hand them the Doctrine and Covenants. We give them the Book of Mormon because that's how you get the basics of the gospel. The Doctrine and Covenants, I like to tell my students, is like the AP course in the scriptures. We're assuming that you know a thing or two when you come to this already, now we're going to go really deeper. So the Book of Mormon talks about there's a God that loves you. The Doctrine and Covenants is like, this is where God comes from and why he cares about us so much. Uh, the Book of Mormon would say, this is Jesus Christ, and he suffered for us. The Doctrine and Covenants has the only first-person account of Jesus Christ talking about what he did for us in his own voice. If you produced a red-letter edition of the Doctrine and Covenants, every single page would be red because it's all the words of Jesus Christ. And the greatest thing about it, and when I say you need to know the story, is because it's our story. This mm -hmm. isn't something that you can have a little cognitive dissonance from and say, well, that happened a couple thousand years ago. It's something that happened a couple hundred years ago, something that's happening right now. And because of that, there's a greater deal of complexity associated with it. And that's not something to be afraid of. That's something to really embrace. Like I've always uh, leaned towards church history and doctrine and covenants because You'll never get to the bottom of it. Like once you've read this, there's something new to read. There's another journal or letter or something that you weren't familiar with. Uh, it's just something that like you can reach out and touch and involve yourself in because a thousand years from now, this is going to be your story. This is the narrative that we're writing right now. Every other book of scripture ends with the end. The mm -hmm. Doctrine and Covenants should have to be continued printed on the last page because we're still in the middle of writing this story and how it turns out. If people want to get more information about these five no's and that supplemental information for their Come Follow Me for 2021, it's doctrineandcovenantscentral.com. Right now, I'd say go to Scripture Plus. And yep. everything that we're writing, we're, we're as soon as we get it edited and peer-reviewed, it's going into Scripture Plus. Scripture mm -hmm. Plus is the name of the app. Free, no reason why you wouldn't download it and uh, begin wherever you are in your study for 2021, come follow me.
Now, there are three questions, Casey, that we ask everyone who steps into the cultural hall. I'll ask those of you right now. The first question is, is do you have a calling? And if so, what is it? Yes, I am the ward mission leader right now. How's that going in this time? Uh, it's a little challenging. <laughs> it's kind of hard to do missionary work when, you know, you can't really go into people's houses, but it's a good job and, and I've really enjoyed it. If you could pick a calling for yourself, either one that exists or make one up, what would you pick? <laughs> um, I was a primary teacher before the pandemic hit, and I really liked that. Before that, I was a bishop. Um, I love the youth. I love working with young men and young women. And so uh, I'd probably, you know, want to be an advisor if I could pick one of those callings, work with my son in a preschool or something like that. But, you know, you go where the Lord calls you to go. Sure. Uh, the final question, we ask you to interpret however you would like. The question remains, what is your favorite part of your faith? My favorite part of my faith is the history of our faith. Um, just like you, you, you were so lucky to serve your mission in Cleveland, have all those historic sites um, I love to visit sites and learn about people and learn about their struggles. Um, I love to read scriptures like the Book of Mormon or the Older New Testament, but I recognize that what we're getting there is a pencil sketch of a guy like Moroni or Mormon. There's only so much space that they can record. A guy like Joseph Smith or Parley P. Pratt or Emma Smith or Mary Fielding Smith, there are reams and reams and reams of material. Parley P. Pratt wrote a 500-page book hmm. on his experiences. And I kind of like those moments when they're less than perfect, to be honest with you. I've always gravitated towards people in the scriptures that were less than perfect and that struggled. Uh, so when I read the New Testament, I'd, I identified more with Peter uh, than I did with the Savior. I want to be like Jesus, don't get me wrong, but I'm more like Peter right now. And, and that is my favorite part of my faith, is that there is just so much to know and so much to empathize with about these imperfect people that really were trying to do their best, but kept falling, but picked themselves up and kept going. Um, that's really inspiring to me. I'm drawn towards messed up people because I'm messed up. <laughs> and I, I need help from God to do better and be better every day. And seeing that he's helped people in the past really does give me hope for myself and, and for my loved ones as well. Well, Casey, we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week, and that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat on the back.